0: RACING IS A WILD THING. THE CAR, THE TRACK, THE CREW, THE DRIVER, THE COMPETITION, THE FANS, THE SPONSORS AND THE OWNERS, IT ALL ADDS UP TO ONE CRAZY EXCITING EXPERIENCE. BUT IF YOU WANT TO LAST, IF YOU WANT TO GO FAST AND IF YOU WANT TO WIN, YOU GOT TO MAKE EVERY LAP COUNT. YOU NEVER LEAD EVERY LAP, YOU NEVER WIN EVERY RACE, BUT IF YOU MAKE EVERY LAP COUNT, at the end of the season, you'll have more ups than downs. I guarantee you that. You can't fall into the trap of thinking every lap is the same. Sure, it's the same two straights, the same four corners, but every lap is different. Every moment changes, and you got to stay consistent. My daddy told me, and I'll tell you. Make every lap count.
1: Hey, church, I want to welcome everybody here at Rock Island. I want to give a shout out to our crew at Bendorf, the Menachiwani, and those tuning in online. I am so glad you're all here. This is the start of our Off to the Races series, and I can't tell you how excited I am for this. This is going to be a five week journey that's going to connect directly to our daily lives, especially in this season, the fall season where there are new obligations and and extra commitments and and new demands. There's there's school and sports and work and extracurricular things that all start to crush in on us, and many families are left feeling like they got to divide and conquer just to stay ahead of the rat race. Because the fall season is often this launching pad, like we're just off to the races again. Now hear me. I, I, I love the fall season. It's one of my favorite seasons. But to be honest... Our world and our culture and technology is moving life faster and faster. Life is fast, and it's getting faster. And in the speed and demand of all of that, we can just struggle to hang on. And we can feel like we're in this roller coaster ride of craziness and the complexity of it all. Yet, there's still this element of anticipation and excitement around fall that that also incorporates stress and worry and nervousness, even fear, because of all the challenges and are trying to navigate that. And and we can find ourselves at a point where we're asking ourselves, are we ready? Are we going to be okay? Are are we going to survive? And it puts us in this tension, in the speed and pressure of it all, where it feels like we're on a roller coaster. It's kind of like the couple that rode at the amusement park the thing called the slingshot. You ever heard of the slingshot? It's just two seats put together attached to bungee cords and they pull you down under tension and then they release you up into the air and you bounce around for a while. It's an intense ride. And I've got a short clip of one couple that experienced this and I want to share it with you. It's only about a minute and a half because I think it captures how many of us feel in the fall flurry. How many of us feel when we hit this season where we're off to the races again. So I want you to take a look, but I want you to pay particular attention to the guy. He's on the left side. Watch him because he is about to repeatedly succumb to the speed and pressure of it all. Take a look. Oh my god. I
0: not I think I'm worried about the shoes actually.
1: Take I don't too many the games <laughs> here. <laughs> ah, i see that thing dozens of times. I still crack up about it. I mean, the thing gets me most, get, gets me most. He wakes up and every time it's like he didn't miss a beat. There's one point he's like, okay, are you all right? You're right. that was it. That was all it was. <laughs> Listen, life is fast. And it's getting faster. And in the speed and pressure of it all, we can pass out and miss out. And then we can pretend like we know what's going on, but we really don't. And that's especially true in the fall season, where, where the fall can be a wild ride, and it's, it's not always fun like a roller coaster ride. In fact, do this with me if you would. In a moment, I want you to raise your hand if this applies to you. Raise your hand if you have more to do than you can get done in a day. Right now, you have more to do than you can get done in a day. Get your hand up there, Dorf, Kiwani guys. Okay, keep your hand up. Keep your hands up. Just look around for a moment. That's a lot of us. That's a lot. Now keep your hands up for a moment. For those of you who don't yet have your hand up, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at if the fall season means juggling sports and school and and new work rhythm and getting kids or grandkids to appointments and to practices and fed and back home. Raise your hand. Raise raise your hand if you wish you had more freedom than you currently have in your life. Raise your hand if, if the business you're in is wearing you out. Raise your hand if your to-do list is so full you can't get it all done in a day and you're not sure how you're gonna take care of your home, your car, your yard, your bills, your emails, okay? you with me? Some of you got two hands up and throwing a foot up. Like, yes, yes, preach it. Listen, it's exhausting, thank you. It's exhausting even just talking about it. Life is fast and it's only getting faster. And some of us, man, we, we very easily have more to do each day than we can get done in each week. And some of us are already there. We have so much to do. Each day we have a week's worth of tasks. And that can be overwhelming. Where we're stuck in that dynamic. It's exhausting just even talking about it. We may even want to pass out so we don't have to deal with it at all. But what we really need is to know how to make good choices in it. Good choices that position us to win. To win at home, and win at work, and win in our relationships. That's what the Off to the Races series is designed to do, to position us to win at work and home and in our relationships with others. Because in our overconfidence, we can, we can act like we know what we're doing when it comes to marriage and parenting and going to work, but in reality, not. We can act like everything's fine, but in reality, we're not. So we're launching Off to the Races today. And it's fitting because of the season that we're in, the fall season, but it's also fitting coming out of our previous series called Walking with Giants, where we spent the summer looking at giants of the faith to understand how they navigated life by faith so we could as well. And if you missed any part of that journey, I really encourage you to get online at heritageqc.com and lean into what you missed because it was powerful and impactful. But that conversation centered around looking at individuals identified in Hebrews chapter 11. We, we spent the time looking at individuals out of that scripture. But you know what we find after Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 12. 11, 12, okay, okay. We find Hebrews chapter 12, and last week Jeremiah did a great job wrapping up the series for us, but I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, as a launching point for us as we start off to the races. Take a look at what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, say hinders, hinders. and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the what? The race. The race marked out for us. Look, the race of life requires us to have the ability to make good choices to position us to win. It's not just about biding time. It requires intentionality. It requires focus. And we want to lean into that as we begin the conversation. But let me first ask another question. How many race fans in the room, Bettendorf 2, how many race fans out there raise your hand? And I don't care, stock car, Formula One, horse racing, buggy racing, BMX, foot racing, running. Just, either. Yeah, I like races. All right, okay, good, thank you. There are all types of races out there. And they all have a very similar theme. You do the laps, you run the course, and you seek to win. You finish. There, there's a lot of different types of races. But there is actually one expression of racing in our country that surpasses all of them in popularity, and that is NASCAR. NASCAR. Any NASCAR fans out there? Well, oh, come on, you're part of 75 million people. Any NASCAR fans? All right, you're out there, I know that. Listen, on the surface, for those of you who are not NASCAR fans, who you look at that thing and you think it's just people going in circles as fast as they can, I want you to understand something. Although it seems that way, there is actually a lot more going on. There there are flags, there are strategies, there are are layers upon layers, there are details and nuances to every lap. It's not simply people going as fast as they can in circles. There's more. Let me show you or just explain a little bit about NASCAR and what it consists of. And these facts are just a little bit uh, from a few years ago, but they're still relevant. There are 43 drivers, 36 races, 23 tracks, 12 finalists, and one champion and NASCAR is only second in popularity in the United States to what sport? Football! There you go, that was much louder than the NASCAR yelling. I just point that out, people. Listen, it's second only to football. Now, beyond that, there are nine flags in NASCAR that communicate all kinds of things at different points in laps, and they have different meanings that that, that impact the race. Beyond that, there are multiple races all across the country. And there are, there are millions of people who gather to celebrate. It's estimated, as I said, to be 75 million fans of NASCAR. But in any given race weekend, there's a couple of interesting facts about it. That, that most NASCAR cars have about 850 horsepower. That in any given weekend, race weekend, a car will use an average of 55 tires. And there is a seven-member crew that helps make all of that happen. On the surface, NASCAR can look like just going in circles as fast as we can, or they can. But there's actually more to it. There is strategy, there are layers. And there is wear and tear, and there are cut ins and blockouts. There's more to it than what it seems like on the surface. And quite honestly, the same applies for us in life. That it can look and even feel like all we're doing is going in circles as fast as we can. But there's more to it. And we need to know how to navigate it, make good choices that position us to win. Because in the race of life, there is wear and tear. And there are cut ins and blockouts, and God doesn't always stop those. So we need to know how to make good choices to position ourselves to win in the power of His Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about in Off to the Races. That's what we're looking at as we step into this conversation moving forward. Now, One of the realities about having a conversation using a a, a racing metaphor, some of you are going to say, I'm going to try to check out because I'm not into racing. Listen, I don't care if you're into racing or not. It's just a helpful tool. Sean, it's not in the Bible. Listen, I know NASCAR is not in the Bible. (laughs) But there are principles that we can connect out of this metaphor that help us live life to the full and into flourishing. And I don't, whether you're a NASCAR fan or not, there are some realities. In fact, there's one particular reality. One simple truth. That is true in every race. It's true in every NASCAR series. It's true in every workplace, in every home, in every family. It's true. And if you don't understand, if we don't know or understand this truth, we will never win. And the truth simply is that every lap counts. Every lap counts. First, fill in if you want to use your note guide in our conversation today. Every lap counts. Every lap what? It counts. It counts. Every lap counts. And although it's about a race and not a single lap, every lap counts. And every lap is different. And how we handle each lap matters. How we handle each lap actually determines the outcome of the race. And the fall season is the beginning of a lap. The fall launch is the beginning of a lap. And the reality is we can live our lives just going in circles. We can waste laps. We can miss opportunities to position our families to win if we don't know how to help make each lap count. It's one of the reasons why Paul said, let's throw off everything that hinders us and run the race with perseverance. Yet any one of us can find ourselves just going in circles when we lack a plan, when we lack communication, when we we lack a team, when we, we lack an understanding that every lap counts, and that how we handle each lap determines the race, determines the results. Every lap counts. You know, I've been in a number of races in my life from triathlon to marathon. I've been in bike races, I've done the BICs. And this past weekend, last weekend, I had the opportunity to Complete the Chicago Tough Mudder with my youngest son Daniel. Daniel and I r- ran in this race last weekend, and it is um, a filthy, dirty thing. We signed up for the 13 obstacles over five and a half miles, and and it was a wonderful experience. I'm so proud of him and how he handled it, and what just o- what we overcame together and alongside others. It was it was a blast. But one of the things that I know about that race last weekend, and every other race I've been in, and any other race I will ever be in, is that how we handle each segment, how we handle each leg, how we handle each obstacle, and how we handle each lap matters. But I want you to hear me. This conversation, off to the races conversation, is not about adding pressure, but about seeking intentionality. It's not about adding pressure to perform, but being very intentional in how we engage. Because my friends, the pressure is already there. You know that. It's why you raised your hands and your feet. (laughs) The pressure is there. We're looking at how do we manage that in a way that we make good decisions that positions us to win. That's the heart behind the conversation that we're having here. So the goal is bigger than a single lap. It's even bigger than one race. And if we don't know that, if we don't know how to make every lap count, we can simply just end up doing laps, pointlessly and fruitlessly going in circles, and we would not be the first people to do that. If we go all the way back to the Old Testament, we find the people of God, the Hebrews, the Israelites, who many of you know spent about 400 years in slavery in Egypt, But by God's grace and mercy, through miracles and through the leadership of Moses, they were positioned to exit into freedom. And as they took that first lap towards the land God wanted them to live into, they saw more and more miracles and provision of God. But when they got to the end of the first lap, and they stood at the beginning of the second lap, they balked. They handled it poorly. Out of fear, under the pressure, under the speed of things going on, in some ways, emotionally and spiritually, they passed out and missed out. And they crashed out. Actually, God kicked them out of the race. He got mad. Here's what he said in in Numbers chapter 32. It says, The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until the whole generation of those who had done evil in his sight was gone. This is tragic. But do you see it for what it is? (laughs) God sent them to wander in the desert 40 years. They end up going in circles for 40 years. They end up just doing laps. And when we don't know that every lap counts, or we don't know how to make every lap count, we end up just going in circles. Without bold obedience, we end up just wandering without faithful intentionality, we simply engage in doing laps. And the truth is, doing laps is not the same as running a race. Doing laps is not the same as running a race. There's more to racing than just going in circles. How we handle the race matters. Just doing laps is not the same as running a race. And even The missionary and church planter, Paul, he understood how it worked and how intentional he needed to be, which is why he said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 2, and this is not in your guide, it's just up here. He said, I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. He understood the value and importance of making every lap count, that that there's an intentionality. You can run a race in vain. He knew that. He didn't want to do that. He would later write to his young apprentice, Timothy, these words, and this is in your guide I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We can navigate the race. We can navigate the corners. We can navigate the challenges in a way where we can complete and finish that race and win. But every lap counts. It's why Paul would write to the church in Corinth these words I run with purpose in every step. I run. To make every lap count. That's the reality of what we face: that doing laps is not the same as running a race. There needs to be intentionality, and the truth is, you and I can be on the track while never trying to win, and no one will ever know. We can actually be on the track but not committed and working to win, We, we can be married. We can be parenting. We can be going to work and just showing up without people knowing we're not in it to win it. It can happen in our marriage. It can happen as we try to parent. It can happen in our workplace. The reality is it happens at all ages and all stages. It's where we're just doing laps. And over time, that does get exposed. And over time, it does get revealed. But in the end, if we stay in that posture, we end up only at the best with something good and never really something great. There's a difference between good and great. And it was James Collins who, who wrote a book by the same title, Good to Great, that said these words. He said, good is the enemy of great. And that is one of the key reasons why we have so little that becomes great. We don't have great schools, principally because we have good schools. We don't have great government, principally because we have good government. Few people attain great lives, in large part because it is just so easy to settle for a good life. You and I can be on the track while never trying to win. But then all we end up doing is just going around in circles. Without intentionality, without a larger purpose, without a crew, without understanding where we take pit stops to stay in the race and, and, and stay fueled up, without understanding the dynamics, without having an eye in the sky calling out where dangers are ahead, or without having support, or without having a sponsor... We may end up with something good, but it will never be great. Drivers who do not make the most of every lap, who do not work with their crew, who do not cooperate with the team, those drivers never win. But those who do actually can. Now, again, I want to be clear. This conversation is not about adding pressure to perform, but about having intentionality in how we engage because it makes all the difference to making every lap count. Because we can end up in a space where we're just doing laps out of consequence, even because of decisions we've made in the past. That's what happened to the the Israelites who wandered in the desert and died. It was a consequence reality. We can end up because of other decisions that we've made in previous laps putting us outside of the possibility of winning. But listen, the good news is God does not leave us there. It is through Jesus that we can have a do-over. We can start again. When we make a commitment to Jesus, He puts us on the track with an ability to actually win. It starts there with a commitment to Him. And if that's something you have not yet done in your life, I implore you to think very intentionally today about giving your heart and life to Him. Let Him place you on the track of life with the ability to run the race and win. He wants to do that. The steps to stepping that way are in your note guide at the top of page three. It's how to start to run the race of life with God. You can walk through those steps, pray that prayer, and, and God will put you on the track with the ability to actually run and win. It can happen today. But whether you're getting ready to do that, thinking about it, or whether you've done that before, there's a simple reality we all need to understand that commitment is the entry fee. It starts there. That commitment to Jesus is just the beginning. It is the place to start But then we need to show up. See, choosing to follow Jesus is a journey and a lifestyle. It's not just about a moment and a decision. Daniel and I, although we ran the Tough Mudder last weekend, it was about a year or two ago, we signed up to participate in a Spartan race. And for a number of reasons, we didn't go. We didn't even show up. And it's really hard to run in a race you don't show up for. It's really hard to win a race you don't show up for. And the reality is that signing up is not enough. We need to show up. In life, that starts with choosing Jesus. Commitment is the entry fee. And then sacrifice gets the win. Sacrifice gets the win. It's the reality that we face in life. Commitment is the entry fee. Sacrifice gets the win. It takes more to win than just showing up. It's true. You got to show up. You have any hope or chance of winning, But God wants more than belief. He wants faithfulness. He wants obedience. And that often takes sacrifice. It involves surrender. It involves being all in. But I gotta tell you, the easiest thing to do is not show up. The easiest thing to do is to quit. Or if we show up, to not really be in it to win it. And just do laps. Just do enough to get by just do enough to hang on, but when we do that, we miss out on the possibility, on all the possibilities when we only do laps. And and people and families and groups and communities with great purpose can't afford to just do laps. When we gather as a church, we, we don't gather just for entertainment and experience. We gather for equipping. We gather so that we can head back out and represent Jesus in the world. That requires commitment, which requires a cost. The reality is, entertainment won't win win the race. It won't take the land. It won't conquer the next territory. The reason the Israelites ended up wandering and dying in the desert is because they were afraid of the sacrifice. And it cost them everything. Yet in every race, there's a point in every race... There's a point to it. Every stage, every opportunity, every lap matters for the whole. And in the letter to the church in Corinth, Paul also wrote these words. He said, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Don't just go in circles. Don't just do laps. Run to win. Run to win. Commitment is the entry fee. Sacrifice gets the win. You know, in any given NASCAR race, drivers and their teams make hundreds of decisions throughout the whole process. And they make those decisions based on what they know, based on their best understanding. And if they make a good call, it positions them toward the win. If they make a bad call, it sets them back. But if they make a bad call with the best that they knew, The reality is they can start immediately to adjust for the next lap. They can adjust in the current lap to still move to experience the win. And listen, you may find yourself today with regrets over previous laps, with how you handled other decisions, with how you navigated those moments. You may have those regrets, but the good news is it's what you do now that matters most. It's what you do in this lap that matters most. And i got to tell you, it is never too late. It is never too late. Never too late to be intentional, to, to establish intentionality in your rhythm, your daily rhythm, your weekly rhythm, your yearly rhythm, what you do in your Monday mornings, how you handle your weekends, what you do at school or at work. It is never too late. And I'll tell you this, it is never too early. It is never too early to be more intentional with your family time, within your marriage. It is never too late. It is never too early. It, just, just start now. Just start today. Now, listen. I acknowledge that in an actual race scenario, you can start too soon and you can start too late. I get that. If you, if, if just in a foot race, a hundred meter dash, if, if you're there and you start too early, what happens? You're disqualified. But, but sprinters have that all the time because they're trying to anticipate the gun. They're trying to maximize the, the ability to go because they know they can start too early as well. That in a, in a race of seconds, if they start just a little bit behind, they will never make up the time. And so, in an actual foot race, you can start too early and you can start too late. I get that. But when it comes to life and family, when it comes to making every lap count, it's never too late. It's never too early. You just need to start. And as a, as a church, man, we're, we're committed to not going in circles. We're committed to making every lap count. Many people know what it is to be busy. Not as many people know what it is to live with intentionality. And we're a church that wants to live with intentionality that leads to impact. We want to be impactful in every lap. We want to make the most of each lap along the way. And if we're going to follow Jesus, anyone who follows Jesus has to understand the importance of being intentional and being focused. One of the reasons that that's important is because it defines the lab. And we know that. So that's that's why throughout the course of this whole series, we're going to put on the back side of of your sermon note guide what we're calling family connection ideas. We want our families to win. We want to position our families to win. We want to give you resources and and opportunities to be more intentional, make each lap count. And so there's information available for you to engage your family, your kids, your grandkids, even just kids in your life, to be intentional. There's resources. There's even an app you can download to take it even further. I want to encourage you to do that. Make the most of those opportunities. Our heartbeat is to make sure we can position you to navigate the challenges, to navigate the corners of the race. It's easy to hit the straight stretches. It's the corners and the obstacles. It's navigating that. In fact, let me just give you a little bit of background in physics around how to navigate a corner. And I'll get more into this later in the series. But I learned some of this stuff as a state trooper when it came to like pursuit driving and catching bad guys. But it applies to the racetrack as well and even on a John Deere exit. But we'll just leave it like this. So here's how it works. If you're going to navigate, don't try this stuff at home. If you're going to navigate a corner, the reality is a corner has an apex. It's the top part where you're no longer going in but you actually start coming out. That's the apex. If you're going to navigate a corner as best as you can, efficiently as you can, you want to start high and you to drop in low and then you want to exit high. That's the way you maintain most speed and momentum through a corner. Beyond that, you want to do all your braking before you hit the apex. Because once you hit apex, well, now you can hit the throttle and you can hammer down. And the physics of it all means you won't spin out of the corner. you actually gain speed. But if we don't know how to brake into a corner, if we don't know how to accelerate out of a corner, if we don't know how to take a corner high and then low, and we try to do it opposite, we end up against the wall. If we don't know how to navigate the challenges of family and dynamics within our marriage, we end up against the wall. And I want you to navigate the corners at maximum speed, with all momentum. I don't want you to find yourself coming in low and ending up high against the wall with your kids. I, don't, I want you to slow down so much entering the apex that you're not able to maintain speed with your spouse coming out of it. We want to give you the resources in this conversation to position you, to maximize the corners, to live into the fullness of life. And I realize that some of you may have navigated corners poorly before you may have sped up when you should have slowed down you may have come in low and gone out high against the wall with your spouse you may have those regrets of previous laps but i'm telling you today the good news is today that it's what you do now in this lap that matters paul understood that when he wrote in philippians chapter 3 he said brothers and sisters i do not consider myself to yet yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's never too late and it's never too early to be intentional for the win. So what? Well, the difference between winning and losing, the difference between just getting by and doing circles as opposed to living in full flourishing is how we handle the choices in every lap. So I encourage you to be intentional this week. Make space and time to engage differently than you've done before. Forget what's behind. Strain towards what is ahead. Ultimately, what I'm asking you to do is to make every lap count. Every lap does count, but you have the ability to make it count for what matters most. Make it count. You can choose to change lanes. You can choose to shift positions. You can slow down, speed up. You have the ability to decide I'm going to take a pit stop or not. Make the decision so that you make every lap count. Just make it count for what matters most. And start today. Do it now. You have the ability to do it, especially through the power of God, through Jesus Christ, by His Holy Spirit. You can you can run this race and you can win. Navigate the corners differently this week. You know, as we lean into and prepare to chase the rest of this series together, we're going to be looking at some very practical ways to win at work and at home, in our in our marriage and with our kids and even just relationships around the corner. We're going to be looking at those realities, how to run the race, when to take a pit stop, and when, how, when and how to build a crew, and, and all those realities around how we actually win. And I don't want you to miss any of it, and I encourage you to invite friends and family and neighbors because every lap does count. But I want to leave you with three realities about laps that will position our headspace for the ongoing journey. And we'll get back to some of these. I just want to plant the concepts with you right now. The first is that every lap is different. Every lap is different, it's not about repetition, it's not about circles, it's about being intentional, it's about being alert, it's about making the most of it all. Paul would write in Ephesians these words, he said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, making the most of every lap, make every lap count. It matters how you handle the moments of the day, understanding that we're not just here for ourselves but for others. As a church, we're committed to that. Here's one way we're actually trying to make this lap count by serving others as it relates to this the things happening in Texas and in, in the Houston area and beyond. As a church, we know we're here to love God but also to love others. And one of the ways we're doing that is we're responding to this as a church. And there's a few ways you can lean into this. First and foremost, pray for what's going on down there. I know many of you are. Please just continue to do that. Beyond that, we're, we've already committed to give $5,000 to Samaritan's Purse, which is an organization with unequal disaster relief response. We've given that on behalf of the church to, to invest with those on the ground already. And one of the cool things is God moved in the hearts of one of the Heritage Church family to match that thing. We've also partnered with a, with a church down in Texas to help position further care and assistance. And we've partnered even here in the cities in gathering resources that are going to be trucked down to where they're needed most. And you can give towards those things. We're looking for things like plastic totes. We're looking for bleach. We're looking for personal hygiene things, first aid uh, items. Those are the realities, and those lists are available online if you want to know more about what that is. We're collecting those things here at the Rock Island Campus and we're gonna send those down where they're needed most because we're trying to make the most of every opportunity. We're making every lap count because every lap is different. Second reality is that every lap is not just going in circles. It's not just going in circles. There is a purpose, there is a plan. God's got a greater thing at work and we need to understand how to navigate that. We need to understand the greater narrative around the lap. In fact, the Israelites, man, they, they walked in the desert in circles out of consequence. And hear me, I understand that there's a difference between walking in futility and walking out of, in circles out of consequence. They walked out of consequence. But the reality is, God doesn't want us to do either. He wants us to walk in fullness by making the most of every lap, by understanding the race we're actually winning, how running. Because we're running a very different race with a different standard than the world. It has a very different prize. You know, one of the things about the tough mutter that Daniel and I ran, one of my favorite parts is when we gathered in our starting time with about 100 other people amidst a race of, I think, like 12,000 or more. We're in that space, and in the briefing, they told us that everybody standing around us is our teammate. Everybody. But we're all teammates. And, and that the goal wasn't about the clock, it wasn't about a ribbon, but it was about overcoming, overcoming the obstacle, overcoming the adversity, overcoming the, the, the fear that may be there, about persevering, and then turning around in the midst of that and helping everybody else around you do the very same thing. It was absolutely beautiful. It was incredibly dirty, filthy, muddy, stinky, the whole thing. But it was beautiful in nature. And that's the kind of race we're supposed to be running we're not in it to beat the person next to us or, or get ahead of them. We're in it to bring glory to God. There's more going on than just going in circles. And in order to navigate the complexity of all, know what we're supposed to do when, we've got to consult the Lord, which is why Proverbs 3, verse 5 is so important. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on, on your own understanding. We've got to lean into Him, which leads into the third reality of, of lapse, that there's, there's more going on than just what's on the track. There's more that's happening in this every lap journey than just what's happening on the track. It's something deeper. If we go to the next slide, you can actually see that every lap has something more in it. And God, he himself talks about why this matters because in Psalm 4610, here's what he says. He says, be still and know that I am God. If we're gonna navigate each lap, we're gonna make the most of every lap, We've got to create the space and time to understand how he's directing us to do that. Being still. Because what he thinks is what matters most. We're running a very different race than what the world would want us to run. And and, and one lap, in one moment, doesn't have to define the entire race. It can, but it doesn't have to. So as we begin to lean into this series further... We're going to be taking time to understand how we make every lap count. We're going to be looking at how we position ourselves not to pass out and miss out. And not just to go in circles, but to persevere and run the race so that we win. For the sake of our families, for our own sakes, but more importantly, for the glory of God. But that's all going to hinge around our ability to be still with Him, And know how to take those corners. And know how to navigate the complexity because every lap is different. And it's not about repetition but about engaging as he leads by his spirit. So I want to take a moment just in prayer, space for us to be still. And I want to invite you to join me as I pray in just sitting with the Lord even now. Asking how he may want to direct you to make the most of a lap you're currently in. So would you join me as I pray? Heavenly Father, in a world that often feels like a race, especially in this season, when when the fall season takes off and there's so many things happening around us, that speed and pressure can just push in on us, and we can pass out and miss out. But we can also, Father, in that, lean into you, and we can navigate those moments in a way where we can experience victory where we can experience flourishing, where our families can benefit, where we can actually live into fullness and see you do things we we can't even begin to explain apart from your hand. So Lord, as we take a few moments even now, just personally to process, maybe areas of commitment or areas of sacrifice, maybe laps we've handled well or poorly, may you use these next few moments to continue to direct our steps. May you speak, Lord. May we sit in stillness in a way where we hear your voice, And we walk and run the race for your glory. I love you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.